You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to episode number two of The Look Ahead. I am Rob Stats Carrera from Niner Nation and alongside me as always, Ed the hammer? I don't know. Do you have a nickname, Ed? Oh, uh, I, I I don't know. I don't think we want to go there, Rob. <laughs> maybe maybe oh. off maybe off air we'll go there. But uh, <laughs> but, but hey, how how you doing? I'm glad to be here. Week two of the NFL. We survived week one, and 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 I have to throw this in before we start talking about games. You know, maybe I rigged my week one picks at Big Blue View that I made because I kind of told my staff that I like to win. And, and and I I went 12 and four week one, just picking straight up winners, best of anybody on my staff. So either I did well or, or they were good to me. Wow. Victory lap <laughs> a minute into the pod. Hey, I'll take you're probably going to be the only one I take all year. So I take it when I can get it. Ed Valentine, champion game picker. OK, <laughs> for week one, I'll take it. Please rate review. Subscribe to the podcast. Not only do you get this show, obviously you get all the SB Nation NFL shows. If you like us, please let us know. We always love five-star reviews. Okay, so here's how it works on this show. Every week you're going to get a little Thursday night football preview, and then we ask you. We reach out to the SB Nation community. We want to know what games you want us to talk about. So we did that this week. We have tabulated the votes. As far as we know, there has been no foreign interference in the election. Here's what we have, Ed. <laughs> We've got Browns and Bengals, obviously Thursday night. Patriots, Seahawks, Ravens, Texans, Rams, Eagles. And then we're going to do something, debut a new segment on the show called Dealer's Choice. That's where either Ed or myself will pick one of the games we want to talk about because, well, it's our show. So that's how we're going to do it. There you go. There you go. And I, I think I get I think I get dibs this week. I get to pick a game and 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 Rob knows which game I'm gonna pick and he doesn't want to talk about that game, but but we're gonna make him talk about it anyway. Thanks. Way to ruin the feature before we even start it. Oh, there you go. So let's dive in. We got the Bengals and the Browns, both teams 0-1. We've got two number one overall draft pick Heisman winning quarterbacks in this game. Has that ever happened before? I'm not sure. We've got a lot of good quarterback matchups this week, Rob. But, you know, this week we've got Baker Mayfield versus Joe Burrow. And uh, I told you earlier, I said, you know, that there's something other than the game itself that I really want to talk about. So as far as I'm concerned, let, let's get to the game pick and then just, you know, let let me get to, to, to laughing at Odell Beckham. Okay. <laughs> the Browns have issues. Shocker. This could be a replay for many of the past 20 years. But I want to give Joe Burrow a little bit of love because he, at the end of the game last week, he's got the team. He's driving the team down for a last-second win. He gets them into position. He gets down to the 13-yard line of the Chargers for a field goal that's going to tie the game. And Randy Bullock 
strains his calf during the kick and misses a 31-yard field goal, and the Chargers win. Joe Burrow deserves a little bit of love, and we're not talking about it because they lost the game. Oh, I know. I mean, give the give the kid credit. I mean, that's an NFL debut, and I mean, his, his numbers, I think 23 out of 36, 193 yards, doesn't look, you know, all that great, but what do you ask a quarterback to do when – when a game is there to be won, you, you ask the quarterback to drive his team down the field in the last two or three minutes and put his team in position to win. And he did that. And as, as far as I'm concerned, they didn't win the game on the field, but, but it's a win for Cincinnati. It's a win for Bengals fans because I think they come out of there thinking we might have gotten this quarterback thing right for a change. Exactly. What you're looking for is hope, right? As a Bengals fan, that's all you want is hope. That's what this season's about. That's what the whole offseason was about. As soon as you knew you were picking first and you were getting Joe Burrow. And so far, you've got plenty to be hopeful about in Cincinnati. Good for you. I mean, you don't, you don't put him in the Hall of Fame right away. But but like you said, he he, he showed them a glimmer of hope. And, and, and that's what you ask for when you've been a, a long-suffering team, a long-suffering fan base. Now. Speaking of long-suffering teams and fan bases, let's get to Cleveland. Week one, they were absolutely obliterated by Baltimore. Baker Mayfield did not look good. The offense did not look good. They were out of sync. It looked very much like a continuation of last year, which, of course, is the last thing you want, considering you fired Freddie Kitchens and hired a new coach in Kevin Stefanski. Listen, I'm I'm not going to write the Browns off just yet. I, you know, there is talent there. Obviously, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. There's talent there on offense. I'm not going to write them off. And I'm also looking at that was the Baltimore Ravens that that kicked their butt. That you know that wasn't the Jacksonville Jaguars. That you know that wasn't you know a, a bottom feeding NFL team. That wasn't the Jets. So. You know, I'm I'm not writing the Browns off just yet. That that said, six points. Come on, guys, you, you've got to be able to do better than that. Not a good debut for the Browns. Not a good debut for Kevin Stefanski. It was ugly on a lot of levels. And look, like you said, Baltimore makes a lot of teams look bad. It's not just that. Remember Week One last year when they beat Miami? What was it, fifty-nine to ten? And by the end of the year, people were saying, hey, Miami is not too bad. They fight hard that, you know, those guys are scrappy. Baltimore makes a lot of teams look bad. So I agree with you. I'm not selling my Brown stock just yet. And I thought there was a sequence right before the half that really hurt them. The Browns are moving the ball. It's 70 to six late in the second quarter. Third and two. Baker finds Odell over the middle. Odell is wide open. He drops the ball. He tries to run with the ball before he has it. He drops it. They attempt a field goal and 41-yard field goal gets missed, which is a crusher because there was 46 seconds left on the clock. The Ravens take over. They drive down the short field. They get a touchdown. Suddenly, it's 24-6 to before halftime, and the game is basically over at that point. If Odell makes that catch and either the Browns get a field goal or at least take more time off the clock, that whole game looks a lot different, but Odell didn't. He dropped the ball, and that's how it went. It's really an amazing thing in the NFL, Rob, when you think about it. You're you're talking about a game that ended up 38 to 6, and yet you're pinpointing one sequence of events that really changed the way that that game turned out and it's you, you can do that on almost any NFL Sunday, any NFL game. 
they hinge on no matter what the score, all of these games seem to hinge on a on a very narrow number of plays, who makes them and who doesn't. You can look at three, four, five plays in almost any game, no matter what the score and, and point out, you know, how it could have changed the, the outcome, the momentum. So it's just, it's crazy how, how, how narrow the margin for error is that any of these teams has. You mentioned Odell Beckham, three catches, 22 yards, 10 targets. So he and Baker still not connecting. You obviously know Odell very well from his time with the Giants. What what do you think's going on there? I don't know exactly what's going on, but again, you know, we're starting to hear the the Odell Beckham trade rumors. I don't know if it's Odell wanting out or if the Browns are getting a little tired of of waiting and wondering if Odell and, and Baker Mayfield are ever going to get on the same page. I just know I was I was looking back on it. Odell Beckham is a huge name and he's a huge talent. But you realize the last time Odell Beckham was a truly dominant NFL player was 2016. That's just that's that he had a, a I think a hundred catch season I think it was with the Giants that year, and he really has has been just a name since then. He hasn't been a dominating player, and it's it's crazy how much we still talk about him and how much he's still in the headlines when it's really been that long. It has been a long time. I mean, he was with the ghost of Eli Manning for a while at the end of Eli's career, and then he got thrown into Baker Mayfield. And look, I know he was the first overall pick, but we still don't know what Baker is at this point. I still look at Odell, and I think he's still really good. I, there was a sequence, a drive in that game where I think Baker just decided, I'm going to throw it to Odell on these plays no matter what. and. Odell drew flags on both plays. I I think he can still be good, but I also think when things start to go bad, I think he he sort of mails it in a little bit. I don't know if he's got that mental toughness to, you know, stay positive and stick with it when things start to go bad because he's had a lot of bad in Cleveland and I think it's a little like, "Oh, here we go again." There could be some of that. I mean, we saw a lot of uh, a lot of that, a lot of that in New York, a lot of the frustration you know, slamming kicking nets and, and and all that sort of stupidity. And, and I think that, that he thought all of his problems were going to be solved when he got away from, from Eli Manning. And and we're finding out that that's not the case. And, you know, my take on this whole thing is I honestly, I don't think he's asking for a trade but I'm not so sure that Odell Beckham was ever thrilled about the idea of being in Cleveland. I mean, let's be honest. He's a megastar. He's a big name. He's a brand. He likes to be Odell Beckham. He likes to have his name up in lights. And I'm sorry, he's in Cleveland. <laughs> he's, he's, he's not in L.A. He's not in Vegas. He's not in New England. He's not in any of those places where... If somebody's going to trade for him, I think I just named a bunch of teams that that might be uh, that might be interested. There's a there's a team you root for that 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 might like having him on that roster too. There, Rob. I know they tried to get him a, a year a couple years ago. I know for a fact they did. Um, I would love it because I personally, I mean, 
the Niners could use a receiver desperately, but they just can't. The cap situation is a mess. Plus, they just signed Mohamed Sanu. So, you know, all the 49ers receiving problems are now solved because we have Mohamed Sanu. I mean, if you if you were to inject Odell Beckham with truth serum, he probably feels like he's on at the end of the earth or on a deserted island somewhere, you know, being with the Browns. Just, you know, because... No, I'm sorry, but you know, who's paying attention to the Browns all that much, really? The crazy thing is, I mean, you can be a star in Cleveland. LeBron James has been a star in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield's got more commercials than anybody, and he's the quarterback for that team. So, I mean, you don't have to be in New York or LA, but I totally agree with you. I think Odell definitely wants to be in a much bigger market. Unfortunately, right now for him, he's not really going anywhere. Um, looking ahead to this game specifically, who do you got? I mean, Vegas says Cleveland's the favorite. They're favored by six in the game. What do you like? Well, I'm taking the Bengals with the points, but I think Cleveland's going to win this game. I just, I'm not ready to to completely bury the Browns just yet. I'm going to, I'm going to give a little bit of, of credit to the Browns or, or a little bit of the benefit of the doubt simply because of who they played week one. And, and as much as, as the the Joe Joe Burrow, you know, drive was really nice at the end of that game. I just need to see a little bit more. This would be a first road game, you know, f- for Cincinnati. So, so I'm going to take the Browns to win, but I'll take the points too. This is the second episode, and we still have yet to disagree. I I can't fathom how this is happening because we don't talk about who we're picking beforehand. But I think Cleveland's winning this game. I think they're going to run the ball. They have a great rushing attack, and Cincinnati. Cannot stop the run. They gave up 149 yards a game last year. And I know they made a lot of changes on defense, but they started week one by giving up 155 to the Chargers. So I'm sorry. I got to stick with Cleveland in this one. Plus, I think Kevin Stefanski is going to want to try and limit the turnovers and keep the ball out of Baker's hands. So give it to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. There you go. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep at this, Rob, until we find something we disagree about. All right. Well, let's see if we disagree next. New England at Seattle. It's the Sunday night game. And what a game it is. It's going to be incredible. You've got Cam Newton. You've got Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was absolutely incredible in week one, 31 of 35. And you remember when the schedule came out, Ed? I looked at the schedule and said, why do the Patriots have all these primetime games? Jared Siddham's their quarterback. Well, now all of a sudden they got Cam Newton. I can't wait to see the Patriots in primetime. Yeah, I, I just honestly can't wait to see what Cam's wearing before the game. <laughs> and after so that too yeah that too but uh that that's that's almost as interesting these days as as watching him play yeah it's it's incredible i don't think i've ever seen him wear the same outfit twice no no i i, I have to admit though you know you talk about the game cam newton was a nice story week one but is it really sustainable for Cam Newton to run the ball 15 times every week. I mean, he played two games last year. He's taken a lot of hits over the course of his career. It's it's amazing to me how quickly and how easily New England is able to morph into, into doing things like that. And it amazes me that the rest of the NFL can't. But But I just wonder how sustainable it is for him to carry the ball that often. 
that's always the question with Cam because that's what makes him special is not only that he can carry the ball, but it's how he carries the ball. They're down at the goal line. They're running power with their quarterback off tackle, which was a great play, by the way, and Cam scored a touchdown. But he's not running it the same way a guy like Kyler Murray is where he can just sort of scramble around and then get down. Cam's got to run it. He's got to run through traffic. And like you said, he's got to take hits. And so far in week one, he did. But you're right. How long he can do that remains to be seen. Yeah, who else, who runs power with their quarterback? But <laughs> but but then again, you know, Cam Newton is probably bigger than most of the linebackers he's running over. So, <laughs> but but it is amazing when you look at the Patriots and and you think of all the years with Tom Brady, they they did a certain thing, and and it's one of the things that they've always been known for is to be able to to look at the players that they have and quickly figure out what they do and how to use that, not try to jam square pegs into round holes and tell guys, you know, how they're going to, you know, what scheme they're going to fit into, but use the, the players they have to the best of their abilities. And, and it just amazes me because the, the Bill Belichick Patriots do that better than anyone. Yes. And you're right about other teams. It seems like, I don't know if other teams are stubborn or what, but they never seem willing to adapt, which is why I think this game is so fascinating because I don't know who coached Seattle last week, Ed, but it wasn't Pete Carroll because I saw the Seahawks throw it 35 times. The Seahawks don't throw it 35 times. That's like Pete Carroll's worst nightmare. Yet there they were letting Russ cook, as everybody says. Finally, he throws four incompletions the whole game. Two of those were drops, by the way. And he's and Pete Carroll's going for it on fourth down. It was like a totally different coach out there, and and Seattle looked great. Can we just you know start a campaign? We got to come up with the right hashtag. You know, somebody somebody's got to vote for Russ for MVP. I don't think he's gotten an MVP vote in, in nine years, and that's just insane. You know, maybe just a vote for Russ hashtag or something. Somebody's got it. I mean, it's one week, but but. But the guy's got to get an MVP vote from somebody somewhere. It's, it, but I I love the fact that Russell Wilson's the the Seahawks' best player. Put the game in his hands and and let it go. It's about it's about time. Hundred percent. And I was saying the same thing with Brandon Lee Gowton on the, the off day debrief earlier in the week. Do the thing. Do the thing that works. Russell Wilson is what works for Seattle. He's incredible. And it's amazing that it's taken up until this point for Pete Carroll to finally see it. Now, do you think it continues this week against Bill Belichick? I certainly hope so, because I'd like to see it. I, I would like to see, you know, Russell Wilson throw the ball 35, 40 times, put the game in his hands and, and put the game in his hands and let's go. And this is, we've seen Bill Belichick have a tougher time against mobile quarterbacks. And certainly Russell Wilson can run around out there. As a Niner fan, I'm fascinated because if I'm the 49ers coaching staff, here's what I do. I sit in front of that game and I watch every single play. I want to know every single thing that Bill Belichick is trying to do to Russell Wilson because if Belichick's trying to do it, chances are there's a good reason behind it. And God knows the 49ers need help with Russell Wilson. So whatever Belichick does, Kyle Shanahan, please study it because you could learn a lot. Whatever Bill Belichick does, the rest of the league really ought to go to school, to be honest with you. That's very true. Now, this game is going to be played in Seattle. 
There are some questions about air quality there because of the fires in California and the smoke. Um, I know the Mariners had a game moved because the air quality was just hideous. I did check before we started recording. Supposedly by Sunday, it should be good. But all it takes is a change, honestly, in the wind direction. And we could be looking at something, you know, a, a potentially bad situation for everybody. Very true. I hadn't actually thought about that a whole lot. But what I was thinking about is this is a home game for the Seahawks. But is it really a home game? Because they don't have the 12th man. You know, with the with the pandemic, there's no fans. You know, there's no fans in Seattle for this game. So I wonder, you know, that, that advantage that that you always that the Seahawks always get you know, playing at home, it's not going to be there. I mean, I talked to, uh, we talked to Darius Slayton of the Giants today. You know, folks, if you're not, if you don't know, I do cover the Giants on, on a daily basis. And Slayton was actually asked about playing in MetLife Stadium in front of no fans on Monday night. And, and he said it was a really weird experience. He said he, he scored a 41-yard touchdown on a pass from Daniel Jones, and he said there was just crickets. <laughs> he, said, he said there was crickets. And he, he said, it, you know, it's just the weirdest thing ever to score a touchdown and hear no noise in his home stadium. Yeah, I got to imagine part of you was like, wait, does this still count? Well, you've heard other guys say it's you – know, even Saquon Barkley said it, it, it feels like practice. That's what Bill Belichick said when they asked him about it. He, they said, have you ever encountered a situation like, and he just said, yeah, practice. Classic <laughs> Belichick. Of course. One other note about this game. Bill Belichick is 68 years old and Pete Carroll is 69 years old, which means combined, these two head coaches are about four Sean McVay's. <laughs> oh, I hadn't, I, hadn't, uh, I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. I think it's the oldest head coach, head coach matchup in NFL history, which, I mean, how could it not be? Let's be honest. What I want to know is if the Giants played the Rams, I mean, do, do, do Sean McVay and, and Joe Judge need shaving cream yet? <laughs> uh, so it's Seattle by three and a half. Ed, what do you like? Uh, I am taking the, the Seahawks to win this game, but I'm wow. taking the Patriots with the points. Oh, man, I don't know. We got to disagree on something, Rob. Come yeah, on. I think I think I got to go New England. I, I don't think that Seattle is that good of a team. Honestly, I think if Russ isn't Superman every week, the rest of their roster, I don't love. I don't love really any of the other skill players other than DK Metcalf, who drops a ton of passes. And on defense, they have Jamal Adams, but they have no pass rushing whatsoever. If Jamal's not rushing the passer, they ain't getting there. And I got to think that. Bill Belichick's going to exploit that. So I think I got to take the Patriots to win the game. It it does. The, the Seattle defense does kind of scare you. I mean, they gave up 450 yards passing a week ago to Matt Ryan. And, and that's not Seattle Seahawks defense, but, uh, but I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with my, uh, with my pick of the Seahawks to win this one. All right. Next up on the docket, let's go Ravens at Texans. Lamar Jackson. Versus Deshaun Watson, you know, it's it's interesting, Ed. Last week we got, week one, we got Mahomes and Deshaun. Now in this game, we've got Lamar and Deshaun. And next week we get Mahomes and Lamar. So basically the first three weeks of the season, you got three of the best quarterback matchups in the AFC. 
Yeah, you see, yeah, you do. The, the problem, Rob, the problem for Deshaun Watson is, and, and I don't know if you're a WWE follower. I mean, sadly, I know more about the WWE than, than I'd like to admit. But watching Deshaun Watson go up against some of these great quarterbacks like Mahomes and, and Jackson and any of these top-tier quarterbacks – it's like watching a two-on-one handicap match in the WWE because who is out there helping Deshaun Watson? I mean, give me a break. I mean, David Johnson and, and Will Fuller, I, I know they had nice games in week one, but I'm not buying on those guys yet. What, what help does the man have? Yeah, he certainly, I mean, losing Hopkins – obviously is not good. And you said it, Bill O'Brien, the head coach is much, much better than Bill O'Brien, the GM. And right now I agree. The weapons around Deshaun are not great. They're trying to basically go with an offense by committee approach. But like if it's third and five, who is the go-to guy for you? Like, where are you throwing the ball if you're Deshaun Watson? Because I don't trust anybody that I trust my own legs if I'm him. Who is his guy that he knows can make a play? And right now, you know, that always used to be, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and, and and he doesn't have that. And last year, I think it was Carlos Hyde that was in the backfield for the Texans too. And he's not there anymore either. So I I just I don't know I don't know where his help is gonna come from on a on a week to week basis. And when they get into these into these shooting matches, into these shootouts with, you know, with teams like like the Ravens and the Chiefs I I just don't know that they have enough to keep up now let me ask you this question because this is what I thought of you know last time we saw Houston they were blowing the big game in the playoffs and then week one this year they played the Chiefs and they got their doors blown off again I mean since taking that 24 to nothing lead in the playoffs they've played five more quarters with the Chiefs and they've been outscored 85 to 27 which is just incredible but are we a little biased by that? Like maybe the, the Texans aren't as bad as they look. They just keep playing the Chiefs who are incredible. Well, you have a point there. And I mean, I, it kind of comes back to what I was talking about when we were talking about the Browns game. Because, you know, the Ravens are really, really good. So, and, and it's one week. So we'll have to see. I mean, it's not like it's not like the Texans are terrible. I just keep looking at this and thinking, do they have enough offense to keep up with with the Chiefs and the Ravens who, you know, right now are clearly, you know, the, the cream of the crop in the AFC. And I think the Texans are are still a good team. They still have Deshaun Watson. They still have some good players. They just don't have that that real absolute, you know, difference maker that that you're going to need in in games against teams like this. And they're going up against Baltimore who to me Baltimore is such a complete team. Every part of their team complements the other part. They have a running quarterback and they pair it with Greg Roman, right? And then they have a defense that the secondary is incredible. So they're built to get a score with Lamar's arm or Lamar's legs and then when they get up on you and you have to pass they're just going to completely lock you down. And I every part of their team works together, and that's why they're 15-3 and three in their last 18 games. And what did they do this offseason? Look at some of the new faces they added on that defense. Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf. They drafted Patrick Brown, or Patrick, you know, Patrick Queen, I'm sorry. But uh, 
you know, it's it's incredible just the the depth of talent, and and they may not all be superstar names, but they add up to a solid roster all the way across the board. Yeah, Houston is getting seven points in this game. They could be getting ten points. I would still take Baltimore. I feel very comfortable that the Ravens are going to be two and zero. You and me both. I think we're going to agree on that one. Man, come on. <laughs> Sorry, you, you know this is that that's that one's a layup. All right, why don't we do this? We'll take a break. After the break, we'll look at Rams, Eagles, and the Dealers' Choice game of the week that Ed has picked that I am not thrilled about. Not at all, but his choice. So I'm going to grit my teeth and bear it. We'll be back right after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back. We are still diving into week two. Up next, Ed, we got the Rams coming off a nice win over the Cowboys going up against the Eagles, who absolutely just laid an egg in the second half of the game against Washington. That is very, very true. And, you know, I really, the 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 the, the Giants part of me would really like to see the Rams, uh, you know, help the Giants out again this week. But we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see, we'll have to see if that, uh, if that happens. This one's in Philly. And I, I can't believe that the, Eagles are as bad as they looked over the weekend. I mean, they're up 17-0. And I think everything is good. And their line is completely overwhelmed for the rest of that game. Carson Wentz, <clears throat> excuse me, Carson Wentz was sacked eight times through two interceptions. I mean, it was like a completely different quarterback was back there. Oh, it was. And I kept watching that game and I'm looking at Carson Wentz and I'm like, this doesn't look like the Carson Wentz that I remember. But he got, as you said, he got sacked eight times. Their offensive line in Philly is is just a mess. I mean, you know, Brandon Brooks, their starting guard, is out. They lost starting left tackle Andre Dillard. He's on IR. Uh, Lane Johnson, their starting right tackle, didn't play week one. I'm not sure what his status is for for week two. I 
I thought I heard or, or saw that that Johnson will will try to play this week, but we'll see how that goes. But uh, you know, when you don't have an offensive line, you don't have an offense, and and you don't you don't really have a chance to to have a quarterback that that looks capable either. And and it's kind of stunning to see the Eagles look that way. I mean, what was it? Two years ago, three years ago, that, that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And when I looked at that team and I looked at how young it was and how many guys they had signed long term, I thought, this team's going to dominate the NFC East for years to come. And they're going to be in the NFC Championship game, you know, a half dozen times over the next seven or eight years. And it just it, it's gone backwards, and it's it's kind of stunning to see the Eagles play the way they did on Sunday. You mentioned the offensive line, and this is what I don't understand. You're right; the offensive line was banged up, but Carson Wentz averaged over 12 air yards per attempt. That was the most of anybody in the league. So he's throwing the ball deeper down the field, which by definition takes a longer time to develop than any other quarterback. Shouldn't he be taking? three and five step drops and getting rid of that ball quick. That would seem so, especially, you know, the way that the, uh, the Washington football team was, was uh, rushing the passer. I mean, with Chase Young and Ryan Kerrigan and what are the, I think they have five first round draft picks along that front seven. And it's, that's just crazy. That's the way to build a football team. Let's be honest. You start closer to the ball. And I feel like that's the teams that are successful and they, I wasn't blown away by Dwayne Haskins by any stretch, but he looked competent, which, you know, he's so inexperienced. I feel like that's all you can really ask for at this point. But if that defense keeps them in games, they could be better than we think. You're right. You're right. You know, but let's let's continue talking about this particular game. And, and you know, my question coming into this game, I think we talked about it last week. The Rams, the Rams beat the Cowboys in week one, but last week we talked about not really knowing what the Rams are. And I still don't know what they are. You know, they 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 beat the Cowboys, but you know, but but for me the, the Cowboys tend to be a, a perennial disappointment. They never seem to be, you know, what they uh you know, what we all think they should be. And, and and it's funny because in, in Dallas, you know, they spent the entire offseason complaining about Jason Garrett and, you know, lauding Mike McCarthy and talking about how wonderful it would be to have McCarthy. And now after one loss, they're killing McCarthy in Dallas. <laughs> Welcome to the job, Mike. So that's that's <laughs> what you get when you're Cowboys head coach. But what we just did, I feel like, is exactly what everybody did to the Rams. We focused more on the Cowboys losing than the fact that the Rams went there and beat them. And and they deserve a little credit for that. They held Dallas to 15 net yards in the Cowboys final 10 plays. That's domination. And they have a new defensive coordinator there too. So it was surprising to see them come out of the gate so strong. Yeah, it was. We'll have to see if that, if that continues. And, you know, in terms of, in terms of picking this game, Rob, I keep going back and forth. I keep going back and forth because I'm still not a big believer in the Rams and and yet the Eagles don't look like the Eagles to me um and and I you know I when I did my picks this week for for Big Blue View um 
I took the Eagles to win this game, so I'm going to stick with that. But I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of regretting that pick already. (laughs) Buyer's remorse, so to speak. Uh, It looks like Lane Johnson was full go today in practice, which is good with Wednesday in practice, I should say. Miles Sanders was full go. Derek Barnett was full go. So that's good. Um, Here's the thing. For years, we've been saying Carson Wentz has to learn to get rid of the football sooner. But guess what? He's not going to. You you can't have Carson Wentz, this incredible playmaker, without him being the guy that's willing to hold on to the ball and take hits. Like what makes him great is what makes him vulnerable. And guess who's coming to town this week? It's Aaron Donald. Okay. And he doesn't need any help getting through an offensive line. And the Eagles are banged up. So as much as I like Carson Wentz and don't really believe in Jared Goff, I believe in Aaron Donald in that defense. I got to take the Rams in this one. They're giving a point, but I don't care. I'll take the Rams and I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I gave you that one, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you feel better about my pick than your own pick. Uh, I, I think you're I think I do. <laughs> Amazingly enough. What have I done to myself here? Hey, I'll take it. I'm not too proud. That's for sure. By the way, the Rams four and zero in season openers under Sean McVay. When he has extra time to prepare, he doesn't lose. All right. This is a new feature now before we go. We want to debut. We've heard from you. Those were the games you wanted us to talk about. Uh, using the SB Nation reacts. So we thank you for that. But now we're going to pick a game we want to talk about. And I'm going to give the reins to you, Ed, because this is a game you wanted to spotlight. And I'm going to make you really unhappy, Rob, because I'm I I you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick a game Go with ahead. a team that, that you just do not want to talk about. I am going to pick the Washington football team at the Arizona Cardinals. I can't believe that in week two of the 2020 season, this is a game that I want to talk about, but it absolutely is a game I want to talk about. And and by the way, I'm sorry about what the Cardinals did to your 49ers. That's what my 49ers did to the 49ers. But okay, what about (laughs) this game? Why do you want to talk about this game? Well, two things that I wanted to talk about. I want to talk a, a little bit about the Cardinals because we talked about Bill Belichick earlier and how he uses the players that that he had that he that he has to to the best of their ability and he's willing to scheme around them and I look at the Arizona Cardinals and I thought they were crazy when they hired Cliff Kingsbury as head coach I thought they had gone around the bend and they should just close up the franchise because I thought that was laughable and then, but what they did was they doubled down on what Cliff Kingsbury does. They gave him Kyler Murray. They, they did kind of what the Ravens have done. They, they went all in on something that's not traditional NFL football. They went all in on a guy who's smaller than any quarterback that's, you know, that's been successful in the NFL in what, 30 or 40 years, you know, that plays a, a different game and it's working in Arizona. I don't know how good they're going to turn out to be, but it's obviously working because they're exciting. They're fun to watch. And, and that's, that's really why I want to talk about the Cardinals. Well, it's, sort of working. I mean, they lost twice as many games as they won last year. Now they did week win week one this year. 
That's true. But I'm not willing to say that we're going to see a totally different Cardinals team than we saw last year. Although I will say Kyler Murray is incredible, incredible, lightning fast, knows when to take off. And the best part for Cardinals fans is he knows when to stop running. He knows when to get down. And I even think with the way he slides so late, I think he, he got sort of goaded the 49ers into a couple of those 15 yard penalties, which I'm not criticizing him for it. If you can do it, great. Kyler is incredible and he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFC very soon. You know, you talk about his ability to get down Rob. And I think I heard the stat, um, earlier this week of all the times that he ran and all of the times that he dropped back, you know, against the 49ers, he actually got tackled one time he got out of bounds or he got down on every other play. And, and that's just incredible when we talk about Cam Newton taking all the hits that he takes and other quarterbacks like Josh Allen of the bills taking so many hits but and even Lamar Jackson took some big hits over the weekend, but his ability to get down is is going to lengthen his career. A hundred percent. And I, I've always said that I feel like that's something that you either have or you don't. I don't think that you develop it over time. And the fact that he has it is such a relief for Cardinals fans because you don't have to worry about him getting hurt. He's going to be there for you game after game. And that's obviously the most important factor to your success. And, you know, the other reason I wanted to talk about this game, Rob, wasn't necessarily to pick the the winner of, of this game, but it was to talk about this Washington football team a little bit. And I, you know, I have to admit, hiring Ron Rivera, you know, a stable, veteran, respected head coach for a franchise that's been such a mess for so long and and was a mess this offseason with 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 the the name change and the allegations about you know all the things that that went on in the front office and you know the treatment of women and, and and all of that stuff that that went on with Washington such a great hire for the Redskins just to bring some stability you, you talked a little bit about about the development of of Dwayne Haskins and and the other thing is you know, I know that the the Eagles' offensive line w- was beat up, but but good lord, the potential of the pass rush that they're putting together in Washington. I I'm just as I look at this game, I'm I'm sort of fascinated to just see, you know, which one of these teams, if either of them, looks like the real deal, and I'm sort of fascinated to just watch these two teams develop over the course of the year. I was listening to John Middlecoff and he used the perfect word to describe Ron Rivera. He said, Ron Rivera is a grown up," And I was just like, yes, that's, that's exactly it. He, like you said, he's a stable, mature, just completely competent NFL head coach. He's a really good head coach. And, and the players are reflecting that because I feel like, I don't know if they win a game where they're down by 17 points in week one, if he's not their head coach. And they have some talent there. They have some foundational. And Chase Young looked excellent in week one. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what they're putting in the water at Ohio State, but apparently they just churn out incredible defensive linemen. And he looks good. Terry McLaurin is a great wide receiver. There are pieces to build on in Washington. And I think finally they have the right man there to help do it in Rivera. You know, it's amazing that 
that being an adult, being mature, being competent is the standard. But in in Washington, for years, it would seem like a bare minimum, but they haven't been able to meet that standard. And and like I said, I'm I'm fascinated to see if what we saw from Washington in week one is real. And I, I have to make you pick it now since you forced me to talk about Kyler Murray. Cardinals are favored by six and a half in this one. I will take the Cardinals to win the game, but I'm I'm actually I'm taking the points. I can't pick Did the Cardinals. I-, I just can't do it. I can't bring myself to give them any more credit. Like I've, I tried. That's it. I'm all out of objectivity now. That's it. I'm taking uh, Washington. I don't even care what the spread is. Give me points, <laughs> Washington, whatever. Like that's it. And I get to pick next week. The dealer's choice is my choice, and it ain't going to be the Cardinals. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> All right. So we'll 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 hope that uh, you know we'll we'll hope that that SB Nation voters pick the Cardinals so that you have to talk about them again. Don't do that to me. Why do we have to get off of that kind of a relationship? Like, let's be friends. We we don't need to go there. All right. Come on. Oh, Rob, you know, it's it's you gotta talk to my wife. You gotta talk to my wife because you know this being a pain in the neck is the thing I do best. I am so glad that we got together to do it. <laughs> you know, I you were saying in the beginning of the show, I need a nickname for you. I got a couple that are jumping to mind right now. Stay on the air because there are preschool toys listening. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm sorry. You know, let's 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 keep this adult. Let's stay grown up now. Come on. <laughs> All right, we'll stay adult. So if I have this right, I'm taking Cleveland, New England, Baltimore, the Rams, and Washington. And you liked Cleveland in the Thursday night game. Seattle, Baltimore, Philly, and the Cardinals. Yes. So we actually do disagree on a couple of games, which if I win, be prepared because I will lord it over you from now until the end of time. <laughs> of course you will. <laughs> I, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, I, I opened the show by pounding my chest about my picks at Big Blue View. So I certainly can't, uh, I, I won't be, you know, I, I'm not going to be that guy who complains when it gets thrown back in my face. That's going to do it for us on the second episode of The Look Ahead. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the games this weekend. And root for me to be right in all cases. (laughs) Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze, And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. 
This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.